Hey everyone, it is brilliant to be with you again and wherever you are on the journey of faith, you are so welcome with us and I really trust that today will speak to us wherever we are. I'm really, really excited about it. So I remember in my first few years of coming back to Zimbabwe, I'd studied and then an opportunity came about for me to come and lead a nonprofit that runs Christian adventure camps. I came back as a youngster and a few camps in, Things were very tight financially. We um, had broken vehicles and broken boats. Some campers were signing up, but not as many as we expected. I was coming into the camp period and just going, there is no ways that we are ever going to make it through. Will the organization even survive? Am I gonna be a complete failure that everyone laughs at? What are parents gonna say? And it really felt like the weight of the world was on my shoulders. I couldn't sleep at night and I had leaders who had bailed out on me last minute. It was just a super, super tough time. I remember going to my parents' house a few days before camp and they just sort of asked me, hey, how's it going and can we pray for you? And I sort of managed to say, oh, I'm doing okay. But literally as they started praying for me, I burst into tears and I wept and I wept. It was the, the, the end of the world in my eyes. It felt like a trial and an obstacle that I couldn't get past. Was it gonna be the end of the organization? What was gonna happen? Would camp even happen? It just, it really felt like there was no light at the end of the tunnel for me. So the question of what I really want to explore in this preach today is what do you and I do when the road ahead is really confusing? Maybe when the path just doesn't seem clear at all, it seems to be absolutely covered with fog. What do we do when the light at the end of the tunnel, frankly, seems like it's not even there or it's so dim we can hardly see it at all? What do we do when it feels like an obstacle has stopped us dead in our tracks? It's, it, it's come up in our face and we're unable to think. We feel absolutely paralyzed. We feel alone. We just feel that we can't move forward. We, we just don't know what to do. And I would say that I think everyone in the world, either maybe right now during this lockdown crisis, but maybe in the past and definitely in the future, has either felt like this before, felt like I felt, maybe to a lesser degree, maybe to a greater degree, or is going to feel like that in times to come. And it's my prayer today that I would give us some biblical guidance, a real roadmap, a biblical blueprint to be able to navigate the obstacles, the trials that we face in our lives on earth in such a way that it actually builds us, it actually grows us. We come out the other side of the trial being stronger, closer to the Lord and having a greater impact in the world. And so I'd love to start by reading from John 10 verses 9 to 11. And I'd love to just quickly pray as we do that. Lord Jesus, as we dive into your scripture and into your word, I ask that it would be powerful, that it would be effective, that whoever is watching now, whoever watches um, in times to come, that there would be power, not because of anything that I say, but because it is your word, which is 100% perfect. And so please speak to us and challenge us today. Your name we pray. Amen. Great, so this is what it says. Jesus has been talking about the fact that he is a shepherd and we are the sheep if we are Christ followers. And then this is what he says in verses 9 to 11. He says, I am the gate. 
if anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. So you sort of imagine yourself as a sheep right now. Imagine him as the shepherd. And he's sort of saying, listen, I am the gate. I'm the doorway. You come into safe grazing by me. You go out and, and you get looked after in the process. Then he says, a thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come so that they, my sheep, may have life and have it in abundance. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Amazing passage from the Lord. So Jesus explains that he's the entrance, he's the doorway. And if we place our trust in him, if we hand over our lives to him, if we ask him to forgive us, and if we believe in who he is and place ourselves under his authority, he says that we will enjoy safety. He says we will enjoy great pasture, ultimately life to the full, life in abundance. He also shows that he can be absolutely trusted because it says there that he gave his life for the sheep. So he's saying, you can trust me because I'm giving my life for you. He also tells us that there is a real enemy, a thief, who is dead set on stealing and taking away the abundant life that he promises for each of us. This life of full of purpose, hope and joy, which is there for you and I. And he actually goes on in other passages to explain what this abundant life looks like. And he says this abundant life is a blend, obviously, as we come to know him, but it's a blend between daily laying down our lives for him. So daily giving of ourselves for him and making it a focus and a priority to make disciples of all nations. So I'm going to get out a few little things to help us in this process. But this is a little card right at the start that, as you can see there, it says, for us to experience abundant life, it's giving our lives to Christ, and then we become disciple-making Christ followers. That is our focus. That is our priority. And since the moment that we become Christ followers, heaven becomes our home. It, it's amazing that God adds on to what he speaks about here. So he says, yes, on earth there's going to be abundant life, there's going to be abundant joy and hope and purpose, but actually there's something so much more, and that's eternity to come. When he talks about eternity and he talks about heaven, in Revelation he speaks about a life, a place, free from sickness, free from pain, free from hurt, free from struggle, and walking and talking face to face with God. I want us to maybe just stop for a moment and comprehend that for a moment. Imagine life as we know now, but with zero trial, zero struggle, with absolute purpose, hope, and joy. It's something that as Christ follows, we get to look forward to each and every day. So I wanna place one more here, and I may need the help of a little rock over here. We'll see if it balances on its own. But basically what it says here is King Jesus and his eternal kingdom. So he says, listen, once you give your lives to me, yes, you experience abundant life on earth. But more than that, you get to look forward to this bigger picture of my kingdom and eternity that lies ahead. I've tried to make it bigger than the abundant life on earth. I've tried to add a little bit of color or interest to it. And the reason is, is that our focus on the world to come on eternity must always be greater than our focus on earth. It is true abundant life. It's the only place we will absolutely experience it, but we have a taste of it now in this lifetime.
But this sounds amazing. The inevitable tough times are going to come. And this should not take you and I by surprise. Jesus promised that we would have tough times in this lifetime. But no matter how much he promises they're going to happen, I don't know about you, but I find they still stop me dead in my tracks, as did that moment for me many years ago. And maybe now during lockdown and what that's brought about, maybe some of you listening here today, maybe you've lost the job or in all likelihood you're going to lose one. Maybe relational strife has escalated in your home as a result of the stress and you're wondering whether your marriage is going to make it. You're wondering whether a relationship is going to make it. Maybe you're struggling for purpose and you're just going, what's the point in life? There could be any number of trials that have come across in this moment. But it could also be anything in the past that's been a huge shock. Maybe the loss of a loved one. Maybe an accident. I'm not exactly sure what, but it could be something in the past that's been an obstacle or a trial that has really stopped you from moving on in any form of life. Maybe it's a habit that you can't break. Maybe it's something that's an area of deep hurt in your life. Maybe you're single and you've never been able to find a marriage partner. And that's something that weighs really heavily on your heart. The list could go on. You name the obstacle or trial, but it is going to happen in some form or another. So what I'm going to do here is place another one, which is very simple, obstacle or trial. So whatever it is to you today, or maybe has been in the past, you can put it in that place. Now these trials can loom so large in our lives that we can't seem to experience both the abundant life that the Lord promised to us and uh, this little one that's not sticking up exactly as it should. I'll try and do it better ah, over there. And the eternal life to come. It can almost block out everything that we feel that we had as a Christ follower. And so although it won't do it perfectly, what I wanted in this illustration is for this obstacle or trial to block out what it means to live an abundant life and to sort of cloud our vision of how awesome eternity is going to be. We might sit there and go, Jesus, it doesn't feel like I'm living the abundant life that you promised. It doesn't feel like safety. It doesn't feel like amazing pasture. In fact, if I was a sheep, I would be a scrawny, starving, scared and fearful little sheep right now who feels like it has no shepherd. And if you feel like that, you feel like that right now, or you have felt like that, you're not alone. I've felt like that. Many others I know have. And in fact, if we trace through biblical history as well as recent history, you'll find Christ follower after Christ follower who has felt the same as well. You may not know all these people I'm going to cover, but here are a few biblical examples. Look at King David in the Bible. He was responsible for wrote, for writing, excuse that, for writing much of uh, the Psalms, and he had immense wealth. He had immense power and authority. Look what he says here in Psalm 13. He says, how long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long will I store up anxious concerns within me, agony in my mind every day? How long will my enemy dominate me? Those don't sound like words of a king who is thriving and living an abundant life. He faced difficult times. What about Paul? 
responsible for writing most of the New Testament, a powerhouse Christ follower. Look what he says in 2 Corinthians 11. He's talking about what he went through, and I have no doubt that he saw these as obstacles or trials at some time or another. He says in 2 Corinthians 11 verse 24, Five times I received the 40 lashes minus one from the Jews. You were supposed to die at 40 lashes. And he received five times 39 lashes for doing nothing wrong, uh, for following Christ. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I received a stoning. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a day and a night in the open sea. On frequent journeys, I faced dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my own people, dangers from the Gentiles. These were people who were not Jewish. Dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers at sea, and dangers among the false brothers. Toil and hardship, many sleepless nights, hunger and thirst, often without food, cold and without clothing, not to mention other things, there is the daily pressure on me, my concern for all the churches. To me, that sounds like an awful lot of obstacle and trial that even Paul faced. But what about Jesus? What about God himself in the flesh? In Matthew 26 verse 38, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He knows that he's about to head to the cross. He said to them, I am deeply grieved to the point of death. Please remain here and stay awake with me. And then going on a little bit further, he falls face down and he prayed, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. I can imagine Jesus in absolute turmoil, looking at this obstacle or trial that was to come, going, I just don't know how I'm going to get through it. Please take it away. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, amazing men in the Bible who refused to bow down to a king, and the trial that they faced was being thrown into a furnace of fire. Joseph, in the Bible, some of you may have heard of him, he was sold by his own brothers, and he was sold into slavery, and he spent much time in prisons. And from there, he had many promises from people to, to tell the king, to tell the pharaoh, oh, remember this man, and they kept forgetting about him. He spent years in terrible prisons. That was obstacles and trials. What about Queen Esther? Before she was queen, she was taken into the king's harem. She would have been just one of many, many maidens there for the king's sexual pleasures. That must have been an obstacle or a trial too horrible to think about. The list could go on of people in biblical context facing great trials and in our lifetime as well. Now the only way that all of these biblical characters could live an abundant life during, throughout, and after the obstacle they faced is because they brought the eternal promises of God to the forefront of their minds, to the forefront of their hearts, to the forefront of their thinking. And so this is what they did. They took exactly the same what we have to look forward to for all eternity, King Jesus and his eternal kingdom. And what they did is they placed this at the forefront of their minds. May not be lined up perfectly, but you get the idea. So they brought this to the forefront of their minds. They changed their perspective. And this is the vital part that you and I need to get in the process. So this is what they did. Think of Jesus talks about Jesus in Hebrews 12 verse 2 and it says for the joy set before him he endured the cross so for him for the joy that came before him 
the kingdom that he was soon to return to and eternal life forever, he was able to endure a very difficult trial, but only because of the right perspective. King David talks about a few chapters later in Psalm 16. It says that his soul would not see decay. He could rejoice in God, although he felt in absolute despair, he knew that once he died, he was going to spend it with the Lord. Paul, in 2 Corinthians 5, talks about the fact that our bodies are like a temporary tent, and one day we're going to put on an imperishable tent, an imperishable house, as it were, for all eternity. So he was looking through the lens of Jesus and eternity to come, and that helped him to go through the trials that he faced. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said to King Nebuchadnezzar, they said, listen, you can throw us into the furnace, but our God is going to come through for us. And even if he doesn't now, we know that he is with us. They had absolute confidence that whether they survived through the flames or whether they died and they were in eternity with Jesus, they were still in the care of King Jesus and his eternal kingdom. So this change of perspective is how we conquer through the tough times as Christ followers. This is the biblical roadmap to facing obstacles and trials. And it may seem too simple to you, but Craig, is, is that really the, the way that we get through trials? It may seem too obvious, but the reality is most of our Christian faith, in fact, all of it, it's not complicated to understand. That's why Jesus said we need to be like little children when we follow him. It's just difficult to live out. It isn't complicated to understand. It's difficult to live out. And so we need to see our trials, but in fact, all of our lives through the lens of the way Jesus sees things through the lens of King Jesus and through the lens of an eternal kingdom that is to come. It's what Jesus did. It's what the apostle Paul did. It's what all the others who faced trials triumphantly did in the past. It's embracing Jesus's words where he says in John 16 verse 33, he says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. That's what Jesus says. He's saying it to each of us now. You will have suffering in this world. Be courageous because I have conquered the world. I.e., tough times are going to come. But you know what? If you focus your life on me and what I'm about, on the abundant life of following him, of laying down our lives, of giving ourselves to make disciples of all nations. He says, if you focus on that and on the home that I promise you, do you know what? You are going to conquer because I have conquered the world. And so in this moment, as you allow God's eternal promises to shape your thinking and to shape your perspective, you'll see something so interesting happen. You will see that these obstacles and trials are replaced by spiritual growth opportunity. This is astounding you'll see that whilst there is still pain and hardship, you will experience abundant life through the trials that you face. You will experience it as you see God meet with you in a special way. I've spoken to countless Christ followers who say that although they would never go through the obstacle or trial again, they felt so close to the Lord in that time. They almost didn't want the trial to end because they were so close in that period. As you see him at work, you're drawn closer to him. And as you go through the trial in a victorious way, as the followers of Jesus who did before with the same perspective, 
your trial and obstacle actually becomes a testimony to help many others in the future. And so our trials are not wasted if we allow God to work in the process, if we have the right perspective. Look at what it says, um, coming into land, getting close to the end. This is what it says in James 1 verse 2 to 4. Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, various obstacles, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. That's incredible. God's saying, do you know what? If you have the right perspective, as you go through the difficult things, you can actually count them as joy because they will strengthen you. They will build you. You will grow closer to Christ and more into the purpose that he has for you. And so this spiritual growth opportunity, it no longer blocks out the abundant life. In, flat, in fact, it's a flow into it. It no longer blocks out your picture of Jesus and his eternal kingdom. It's an amazing flow of life and it becomes part of the abundant life that God has called you and I to. You know, the story I shared with you earlier, I really tried to put this into practice in the run up to that camp. And yes, there was battles that I had to face. It was still a difficult camp in many respects. But what I learned from having the right perspective actually set me up to have faith that God would come through in greater areas of difficulty in times to come. It set me up to know that no matter how impossible it looked for a camp to happen or for something in life to happen, that God could come through in the most supernatural ways if I would trust Him and if I'd fix my eyes on Him and what is to come in the future. So a few quick recap points. Know that Jesus comes to give you life to the full now and for all eternity. The way you ex access abundant life now is through being 100% sold out for him and being committed to making disciples in this lifetime. Abundant life comes as we fix our eyes on eternity, knowing that true abundant life will only be focused beyond the grave. Next up, it's so important for us to know that trials and obstacles will come. They're going to happen. It's inevitable. Jesus said there's going to be suffering in this world. But don't allow them to block out the abundant life God's called us to and your perspective on eternity. Having the correct perspective when you face the trial is vital to be victorious through it. It's vital for us to grow in our faith and to grow in what God's called us to by having the right perspective. And finally, God will transform these obstacles into opportunities if you and I allow him. He absolutely will. So maybe you've never given your life to Christ. You can do that right now. Maybe the way that you've been processing a trial at this very moment or have done in the past hasn't been using the biblical model, the biblical roadmap. You can make a decision now to say, Lord, I'm going to change my perspective. In the future, I'm going to have a different perspective. I can guarantee you that if you take on board how Jesus operated and how the followers of the Bible did and many Christ followers in history did, I can guarantee you that the obstacles and trials that you're facing now and that you will face will have immense spiritual growth, will set you up for greater abundant life and will set you up for amazing rewards for all eternity. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for every man and woman who has watched this right now. If 
there's anyone who needs to give their life to you right now, I ask you to give them the courage and the boldness to just do that and say, Lord, I, I want you to run my life. I want to submit my life to you right now. And for any of us who are going through a trial and our perspective hasn't been the right one, I ask that right now you would help us to adjust it. We would start to see the trial through the lens of you and the eternal kingdom. And as a result, these trials would turn out to be amazing spiritual growth opportunities for us that are a testimony to many in the future. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We can't wait to see you in the weeks ahead. If you would like to get in touch with us about anything at all, please do contact us. There's information just in the description below, or you can go to our website, harvestchurch.co.zw. Please do follow on, along on social media, but just know that we are here for you. And together, we want to see God's kingdom advance and live the life that he's called each of us to. Thank you so much.